0: Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8 If you're unfamiliar with any of these products or their benefits, give Artisan Botanicals a call, 405 458 9699 They are dedicated to helping you live a better life. Their mission is to help you live a better life. So don't hesitate to give them a call and ask any questions you may have. And we're saving you 15% off your online order right now with the discount code COLBYSHOW, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W. Discount code COLBYSHOW when you order online at abotanicalcompany.com. So go online, abotanicalcompany.com. Discount code Colby Show at checkout and save 15% off your online order. Plus, they have easy and safe pickup. You can go through their drive-through. It's a very simple process. So again, check out ArtisanBotanicals and abotanicalcompany.com. All right, last week we had uh, we had no no football and the UFC was on hiatus. So uh, the UFC is back this week. We've got a, a pretty big card on Saturday night. Uh, will Brewer and I will make our weekly picks and we'll talk about what's next for Conor McGregor and the 155 division that right now seems to be in complete chaos. But the good thing about it is there are so many, uh, there's so much star power in that division. The UFC really can't go wrong with any path they decide to take. But we'll get into that as well on today's edition of the Colby Daniels podcast. Will Brewer, I felt lost last week, especially Saturday night when I looked at the television and I was like, what on earth am I going to watch? obviously there was no football as it's the week off before the Super Bowl and then you add to that the UFC deciding to take the week off as well it was it was not a good situation for my television viewing on Saturday night
1: yeah I struggled to find something that I really wanted to lock into because I'm so used to UFC and being real locked in on that and I'm so used to some type of football college football being on so um, but luckily I was able to really lock in on the Lakers and Celtics. They had that prime time matchup on ABC. So I was really locked into that. Uh, I haven't been locked in on an NBA game all season. So I think the UFC not being on had a lot to do with there
0: it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, we are back this week though, and we've got a really good card. I mean, look, we, the next three weeks uh, throughout the month of February, we have really good cards in the UFC, including a pay-per-view a week from t- uh, a week from tomorrow or a week from what is today? Thursday?
1: Today. A week from Saturday. Man, what's up? Whatever day We're it is, nice. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever day.
1: Absolutely, though. Um, yeah, the UFC is coming back, uh, for on all cylinders, three good main events, three good cards from top to bottom. And like I said, that pay-per-view card, um, it's kind of sneaking up on me, you know, yeah. with that week off. It kind of, you know, um, I'm not really sure how I'm feeling about it yet. Um, but now that it's starting to get closer, I'm starting to feel like you know, starting to get in the pay-per-view mode. So, uh, um, this the fight night coming up on Saturday. It's definitely going to make me uh, intrigued for the rest of it.
0: You know, we talked about this last week, kind of previewing what's to come in the next couple months, and basically in the sport, like every belt is on the line, except for 155, which is the best division <laughs> in the sport. We have no idea what they're going to do. Although I would say this, it kind of feels like we're starting to get an idea of which way they're going to go. And I got to say, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, but uh, I, I think the writing is on the wall a little bit as to how they're going to proceed with this division.
1: Now, I wasn't sure where they were going with it. Um, you know, they had so many options with Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira. Uh, but, you know, we both kind of was like, you know, Connor's there, but you know, can, does he, can he really get a, you know, tie shot coming off a loss like that? But he, he put out that, uh, that post, Long story book post, and after reading it, um, it basically just kind of the like you said the writing on the wall. Like yeah. I feel like we're just uh gonna be itching towards <laughs> Dustin and Connor, and then the fact that Dustin's basically saying like, hey, I'll fight him again. I mean, he's not saying I just beat him. Let him give me the next guy. He's saying, yeah, I'll take Connor. So yeah, um, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like we're gonna see Dustin and Connor three unless. I mean, it's not the matchup to make as far as uh, um, the purity of the sport, the purity of MMA and the division and everything, but as far as um, the, what sells, I mean, I guess you can go you go, Dustin and Connor and get lives uh, on that pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Connor's always going to sell. And, you know, we talked about this before these two guys fought the last time when we were kind of forecasting – the the you know different ways they might go depending on which way that fight went and we both agreed that if connor had won it was definitely going to be the habib mega fight it was going to be the biggest card in ufc history and i told you even if he loses you know he's still a major draw and and you know it it would just take him maybe winning a fight or two to to potentially get back in the habib conversation or any any other direction that the ufc decides they want to go with him um it you know it's crazy to me that you could lose a fight in knockout fashion in the second round for anybody like this 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 isn't just i'm not like dogging on connor mcgregor here because again i i'm you and i both agreed the last time we spoke that he's not done he still has a bright future yeah. if he decides that the ufc is something he wants to do full time especially in this division but anybody that gets knocked out doesn't deserve a title shot immediately or a rematch immediately i mean If they would have gone five rounds and it's an all-out war and it's a, you know, either it's a like 48-47 unanimous decision or even if it's a split decision or something like that, that would warrant an immediate uh, turnaround and and these guys going at it again. But the fact that it was a knockout, first of all, I I think just makes it really difficult as far as the competitive integrity of the sport to immediately put these guys together again. Now, the other part of this is because there's a vacancy right now, or, or, you know, I think we all... We've all kind of acted like there's a vacancy now. They haven't officially done anything, but we're assuming there's a vacancy at 155 um, with the belt. We all, you know, Dustin Poirier is the guy in the driver's seat. So you either name Dustin Poirier the champion or his next fight is for the championship. It's one or the other. So if the rematch with Connor is next... My guess is they're going to put the belt on the line. I tend to think that that's there's no way you can allow Connor in that division with the guys that are waiting in line. You can put Connor at the front of the line when he just lost to this guy by knockout in the second round. Not to mention, if you want to look at the big picture, Connor has a losing record in this division. He's not even a win, he doesn't even have a winning record in the division. He hasn't won a fight in the division since 2016. <laughs> And he's on a two-fight losing streak in the division. Like, what What are we doing here? Uh,
1: they're they're going to capitalize on any bit of leverage that they have. So, basically, to sell this fight, what I'm thinking is they're going to go off of, he knocked out Dustin in 2014 or 15, whenever yeah. that was. Uh, he just uh, knocked out Cowboy Cerrone. And then, his in his long uh, Instagram post, uh, he was talking about how he was preparing to fight Manny Pacquiao and, Uh, how he wanted to showcase his boxing a lot more. I don't think, uh, I don't really know how much I put into that. Um, There was something off with his stance and with his movement and everything. And he was looking for that left hand a lot, but, um, you know, I just think Dustin used more weapons than what he was preparing for. I just think he thought that his left hand would get him out of there a lot sooner than it, than it would have uh and he wasn't able to land. he was able to land it but you know dustin was still there and i always say like after you land a couple of those left hands and the guy's still there like what you know what happens after that and with some of the guys he fought previously with khabib and nate we saw him kind of fold with dustin uh dustin was really good offensively uh given or given connor different looks and everything so that kind of got uh connor out of there but As far as this fight, um, I don't really know how um, you pass up um, Charles Oliveira, who's won eight fights in a row. And I don't know how you pass up, you know, uh, a Justin Gaethje, who even though he's come off a loss, he's come off a loss to the champion. And as the former interim champion, you would think like maybe he should be involved in the fight uh, for the Undisputed title. And then, uh, you know, Michael Chandler, you know, such a great um, UFC debut. And then there's just Conor. Like, what does he have? to show for, you know, recently, you know, he's got Dustin Poirier getting knocked out in the second round. He's yeah. a superstar for sure. Don't get me wrong. But um, there's so many guys that, at that division who deserve it more than him. And I just think, you know, they're doing a disservice to the to the division if they do do it. But I'll tell you what, I've, and I've said this before, if they do it again, I will watch it. <laughs> I will be glued to my TV I and I will be excited for it.
0: I will watch it. <laughs> I know. See, that's that's the, the terrible part about this is because they're going to make this fight. It's going to be for the title. You just heard me rant about it. I have strong feelings about this. Yeah, Yet, when that date rolls around, I'm going to wake up in the morning with a grin on my face, ready yes. to watch Poirier and McGregor go at it. But, absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. It's just like I get why they're doing it, and it's it's a money grab. Yeah. And you know nobody in the sport will give you the kind of pull that Conor McGregor will it's just that's the bottom line and nobody else in the sport probably gets uh this sort of of treatment but I just feel like so often I I kind of hear them reference the integrity of the sport and it's just crazy to me that you can preach something like that and then in the most talented division where there's already a log jam you jump three absolutely deserving guys with Oliveira, Gaethje and Chandler for a guy that doesn't have a win over any active fighter in that division He doesn't have a single win over an active fighter in the division, and he hasn't won a fight in that division since 2016. It's just like, what are we doing here? If this were a division that didn't really have, like, a guy that that was definitely deserving of a title shot, then maybe it's a different story. But we have multiple guys that are deserving of a title shot. We've got Charles Oliveira, who's on an eight-fight win streak and has had to grind and wait his turn for an opportunity and is still going to not get his chance after making his statement against Tony Ferguson. You have... Justin Gaethje, who, again, was the interim champ. His only loss is to Habib, who basically everybody else in this conversation has lost to. Uh, And then you have, you know, the the part that's really crazy to me is following Poirier's win over McGregor, I think we were all in the let's-see-Poirier-Chandler camp. Like, everybody wants to see that fight. Both guys just won by knockout on that card. Like, that seems like the natural fight to make. And Poirier shot that down really fast, basically by saying... Like, Chandler hasn't been around long enough. He hasn't, you know, like, earned it, so to speak, in that division. You know, he talked about, yeah, he's done a lot of great things, but he hasn't done it in this division. He hasn't proved himself in this division. I mean, Chandler has the same amount of 155 wins as Conor McGregor does, like, in the UFC. Yeah. And Chandler's actually beat an active UFC 155-er. Like, it's... That that's crazy to me how you can apply logic to one of those situations and not the other. Again, understanding Conor McGregor is a legend of the UFC and he's done a lot of good things in the UFC. But th- if you're going to put the 155 belt on the line, then you have to start talking about what he's done. In my opinion, at 155.
1: And you, you know, if if they were to think like that, they'll just say, "Well, he's a former lightweight champion. He's a former double champion." Like they'll throw in all of these accolades that he's done in yeah. 2015, 2016, but they'll kind of dismiss what's been going on for the past four years. And, you know, D- Dana, you know, he, we know he loves Conor McGregor. You know, that's basically his, his golden child. Yep. So Cash uh, cow. Yeah, cash cow. He's going to bring him the most pay-per-views. And uh, he's going – if you want to capitalize on the fight that's going to bring the most eyes, you do Dustin versus Conor, but – I mean, with the logjam that there is at the division, I mean, doing this fight just adds to the logjam, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I, mean, you, you, I mean, you'll have a champion, great, but you'll still have three contenders who are talking about, okay, well, I'm next. Like, if, if Conor gets a title shot, then you can't say that. I don't yeah. deserve a title shot. Like, all three of those guys deserve it. And then you've got Tony down there and uh, – still Dan Hooker. I mean, there's still so RDA. many guys already. Oh my gosh. I, I always forget about RDA. He's still right there. He's, he's, uh, former champ. Title shot. Yeah. Yeah. He's a former champ. Deserving of a title shot. He just beat someone, uh, beat Paul Felder, who was a top 10 lightweight. Um, so if anyone's deserving of a title shot, he could throw his name in the hat because if Carter is getting one with one win in the UFC lightweight division, RDA was, well, I just, right. I have one fight. Uh, I won. I beat a top 10 guy. Where's my title shot? So I think just doing this fight complicates things even more. But, I mean, you understand what the UFC is trying to do from a money standpoint. But, I mean, as far as the integrity of the deepest division in the sport, you just don't want to see that happen.
0: This is the – you know I'm a Dustin Poirier fan. This is the best-case scenario for Dustin because he gets another massive payday and he gets the title shot in the same swoop. Whereas, like, if you ask me from a from a competitive integrity standpoint, if if I were in charge, how I would do it, it would be Poirier and Oliveira for the belt, and then I would have Chandler and Gaethje fight probably on the same card, and the winner of that is going to get their their title shot next. And then, you know, we've talked about this with Connor. I would go Connor Tony, but look, Connor RDA would also I I think be a really interesting fight. Again, it catapults one of them right into the, the championship conversation. It was a fight that was supposed to take place back in the day and never got to happen. And, you know, again, both guys are former champions. Like, it just it makes all the sense in the world that that would be a, a route they could go as well. Um, you know, I, I told you this as well. If you just ask me what I want to see the most, it's probably Poirier-Chandler. But applying the logic to Chandler, I, I think that you have to apply it to, to Connor. Just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very muddy waters in that division. And if you go Dustin Connor, who's the odd guy out because you can make another title fight, you know, whether it's Gaethje Chandler for the number one contender, but then what, what do you do with Charles Oliveira or like, it's,
1: oh man, yeah,
0: Connor McGregor being in this mix (laughs) right now, just somebody's going to get massively screwed because Connor McGregor is a big draw and not necessarily worthy. I think of this title shot, if, if, you know, they do put the belt on the line.
1: I think uh, if they do do this fight, Dustin and Conor, it's just going to come down to who says yes at what time. Yeah. Because th- these fights, because um, I was listening to an interview with Michael Chandler uh, the other day, and he was saying he was offered a fight um, at this card 258 uh, next weekend. Uh, and he didn't say who, it was, who it would be against, but it was against someone who was ranked ahead of him, which it had to have only have been uh, Justin Getchy or Charles Oliveira. If they both, I'm sure they both said no. Which they, well, obviously. Yeah. Going forward, Chandler's going to be a guy that's going to be down to fight whoever. Because he knows he just needs, you know, more wins in UFC. Right. But Oliveira and Gaethje, those guys, they can't be, they can't be picking and choosing. Like, if, if it's going to be, if they wanted to have that title shot and keep their name out there, they're going to, have to be the guy that says yes to a to a lot of things or or they're going to end up being screwed see I was one of those guys who was with you on Poirier Chandler I thought that that was just the natural fight the easiest fight you got two knockouts on on such a massive card everyone's going to want to see this but with the way that Dustin shut that down at the presser I was just like yeah man I mean he's not wrong I mean (laughs) Chad's only got one fight so um you know I think now going forward, man, it's just gonna be I feel like they're gonna do Dustin and Connor. And you're right, someone's gonna get massively screwed, but it's just gonna be that guy who doesn't say yes at the right time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's it's uh very grimy the way this uh this one fifty five thing is playing out. And look, I thought all along Habib should have just relinquished the belt before before the Connor Dustin fight and then if Connor wins, you can you can jump right back in and say you're coming back and and the fight still happens. And look, if Connor's the champ, I think it probably draws more than if you know Connor wins that fight and he's trying to get the belt from Habib. Uh, and, and then you know you, you if if Poirier wins, he's the champ and there's nothing to talk about. But you know that part of it was probably handled wrong from the beginning. Uh, and yeah, it just ugh, I hate it. I, I don't like Man. the way that, and and. The other interesting part about this is, you know, Justin Gaethje in a recent interview said that if Connor gets a title shot, he's not fighting in the UFC again.
1: Oh yeah, he did. He did say that. So yeah, and and I heard an interview with him also saying that um, he needs ten weeks. So I feel like if anyone's gonna get massively screwed in this it's probably going to be him because he needs a certain amount of time to get ready. Right. And then there's guys like Chandler who's still going to say that he's ready. And then I think with Oliveira, if you, with, with enough convincing, if you tell him like you've come this far, you know, you need this win to get a title shot, even though he's one day in a row, he'll end up saying, yes, I'll fight Chandler. But like you said, the UFC, if they just would handle handled this the right way, I mean, Khabib said it from the beginning. I'm better than all these guys. I've beaten Poirier. I've beaten McGregor he wants to be done. If Dana just would to listened to him and just got him off the title from there, we could have had Dustin and Connor for the belt. And then we could have, everything could have been moved on at the, at a really good direction right now, yeah. but they missed a golden opportunity with that. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I think it's kind of been uh, concluded that the guy that turned it down, that, that Chandler was talking about was Oliveira, And the reasoning was because he felt like he was deserving of a title shot and not having to go through another guy especially a guy that was, again, you know, fresh to the UFC. Like, he had already cemented his place ahead of that guy. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, either one of those guys, I think, is going to be really, really pissed if that's the direction they go. And, you know, it it, it could be a situation, especially for Oliveira, where, you know, he kind of gets the the Tony Ferguson treatment, where, you know, he's the guy, and for some reason, you know, it's just all this time is going to go by, and he never really gets his title shot.
1: I could definitely see that. Um, it's going to be all this time goes by, and he's just going to be fighting that guy who's right there building himself up. And then, unfortunately, there's just going to be that one guy who's just going to get him on that night, kind of like with, with what we saw with Gaethje and right. uh, Ferguson. And it's just going to be sad because he's worked his way um, from being a guy who's just, who was kind of like a 500 guy. We knew how dangerous he was. But you see the evolution of his striking and everything, and he's become such a, a, a real threat. I remember when he was about to fight Kevin Lee, uh, I remember who I was talking to, but I was like, yeah, you know, Kevin lee just got that big knockout, that head kick. Um, you know, I think uh, Oliveira is not really, uh, he's going to get taken down and probably get grounded out for, you know, for five rounds. It was co- the complete opposite. I mean, Charles Oliveira yeah. was piecing him up, forced to takedown and ended up submitting him. And then I remember we were talking about uh, Ferguson and Oliveira, and I was like, "Man, I just don't think Oliveira's on Ferguson's level. I think it's just, you know." Yep. And then come to find out, Oliveira just completely uh, dominates him for three rounds. So Oliveira is definitely deserving of this. He's worked his way up into that uh, upper echelon of the division. Um, eight wins in a row. I mean, it's got the, be the a toughest
0: division guy. in the sport.
1: In the toughest division in the sport. I mean, I don't think there's anywhere else that you can go from here. Um. yeah, there's there's nowhere else that you, that you can go from here. It's got to be a title shot, but with everything going on with the superstars of the division, it doesn't look like it's going to be the short and the
0: sick. Right. Yeah, I just, if I'm him, I totally get it. Like, he, what else does he have to do? He's won eight in a row in that division and you're telling him, like, you need to go through another guy to get gold now? Like, that that's that's crazy to me. And, and I think Justin Gaethje, at least, like, kind of understands, like, he lost to Habib, I don't think he looks at this as though he has to be the guy that's in line, but he also looks at it as though, you know, Connor's certainly not deserving of being the guy that, again, yeah. just jumps everybody that is has kind of, like, earned their spot uh, potentially in that, that title fight. But l- let me ask you this question um, because I want to look at this from just a couple different ways before we make our picks. Would the trilogy fight between McGregor and Poirier be drastically better as far as sales than... Poirier Chandler, right now? Because um, there's no doubt it would be better just because Conor McGregor's yeah, name is
1: on it. it. Now, when you say drastically better, I mean, I'm thinking of it as they're going to be able to sell a Poirier a McGregor trilogy. They're going to be able to sell it really well because, you know, they'll be like, it's 1 yeah. 1. The ties on the line now. And then, but then with Poirier Chandler, it's a fresh matchup. Um, they both got those knockouts on a Conor McGregor card. So capitalizing off of that, um, you're, you're going to be able to sell that one. But as far as sales, yeah, I, I do think that it would probably be drastically better okay. just because of Conor's name. All right, Just because of his name. Yeah.
0: Now, the other question is, How like obviously the casuals love Conor McGregor and that's why it sells like crazy. Anytime Conor McGregor is involved in anything, you know, people that don't follow the sport every day are all in on Conor McGregor because he's the biggest star in the sport. How much does letting Conor have this opportunity make you money this time around, but maybe hurt you with the people that, you know, do follow the sport every day? Like because I'm thinking about it. I don't like it, but, you know, we just talked about both of us would be super excited for it regardless because it's, you know, it's still a good matchup.
1: Yeah, so if, uh, as far as hurting it with the casuals, you said with the casuals, right? No, hurting it so with it the hurt.
0: people like us that love okay. the sport and, you know, don't want to see them go this route with the belt. But obviously, I mean, all those people are still going to watch the fight, still going to be excited about it. But does that, uh, does that in any way maybe diminish things for those people?
1: I mean, if it diminishes it at all, I think it, it, it just diminishes it a little bit because there's going to be those people who are like us who don't think that Conor McGregor should have this title fight. But I think the more that they sell it and the more that um, uh, you see things uh, happening with it, then you know the intrigue starts to build. And then as, hard, as hardcore fans, I mean, that's what we do. We love watching this sport. We love watching guys fight, for especially a title fight. We love watching these guys uh, fight at the highest level. And um, as far as the hardcores, man, uh, while it will be messed up uh, in a lot of our minds, everyone's, most everyone is still going to watch it. I mean, because
0: yeah,
1: I mean the UFC is such a massive sport now and Conor McGregor is the biggest superstar. The way they'll be able to sell it, I mean, take my money.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, look, I, I think here's the other thing that's crazy about this division. If Connor wins, oh God. I mean, I think people are going to expect that at that point, Oliveira or Gaethje or Chandler is going to get a title shot. But if Connor but then, wins, Habib yeah. is coming back, and they're doing the mega fight again. They're, I mean, because what they're saying with this situation is that they value money, that money is yeah. is certainly getting the priority over, you know, integrity of the sport so if connor wins there's no question in my mind connor habib is the next fight and they go back to you know potentially getting that biggest card in the history of the ufc promotion rolling again
1: yeah if if connor wins this title they're gonna act like dustin poirier to him and connor to never happen (laughs) because (laughs) the same thing happened with uh him and nate diaz the the next fight happened and Conor won. Everyone remembers that, but yeah. barely anyone remembers uh, the first fight with Diaz and McGregor, unless you really like bring it up. So if Conor were to win this fight, they're they're gonna act like that fight never happened, and they're gonna be Conor could be offering them all this uh, money just like if if Conor were to win, uh, beat Dustin uh, the first time. So yeah, um, all those guys are in a tough spot for sure yeah. because if it, if once Conor wins, or if Conor wins, Khabib's coming back, and then, I mean, how can you deny Khabib a title fight at that point? Yeah, If Khabib's not the champion. How? Right. How, how does how, how does Oliveira say? Well, i won eight in a row. Well, Khabib's won
0: 29, won 29 in, a row. in like, a row.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what do yeah. you mean? Like, so yeah, this is a this is a lose lose situation. The deeper you get into it for everyone. Goodness, I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you know we talked about it. I, I told you that before Poirier-McGregor, too, took place, that if if Conor won, I thought, you know, Conor-Habib would be the natural fight, but if Poirier wins, I was like, they're going to, you know, get get Conor a fight this summer, let him get a win and rebound, and then maybe in, like, December or next January, potentially, you know, Habib comes back and we get that rematch anyway, whether a belt on the line or not. But, I mean, this makes it simple. If, if Conor immediately yeah. gets the shot again <laughs> and Conor wins, then... Khabib's right back in the picture. Yeah, right
1: right back in the picture, Nike never left. And Khabib's going to relinquish the title. I feel like it's only it, it's only a matter of time. Right. Dustin and, and Connor are going to fight. I mean, if, if there was ever a time for Dustin Poirier to win a fight, it's got to be this one for the title. Because if not, that division is just going to get an, even more of a long jam than it already is. Dana's going to push for that Connor khabib fight because Khabib's not going to be the champion, and he's going to beg him. Come on, man. This is your 30th fight. This is what your father wanted for you. I mean, he's going to throw so much at him. Yep. And then so much money at him that it's going to be hard for him to deny it. And then all these guys who are coming up are just going to have to you wait. You get a share of that it's,
0: pay-per-view draw.
1: And you get a share of the pay-per-view draw. So, yeah. He's going to be he's going to be offering him more money than probably he's made in the UFC so far right. combined. Yeah. So, it's – Yeah. Man. Crazy, man. Crazy. Log man. jam. Crazy. Log, log jam. <laughs>
0: you know, in, in, in maybe another scenario, this, this isn't that bothersome, but in the fight game, like, you just you never know when the opportunities are going to present themselves. And that's why I think, like, for me being a fan of this sport, I feel so passionately about, like, one of these other guys, like, getting their chance now. Because, like, say Charles Oliveira tears an ACL in, in you know, camp. And then he's out for a year and, you know, like Tony Ferguson, you know, the, we just talked about that. Like he, you know, he had all those fights fall through uh, and then, you know, the Gaethje thing happens and, you know, now all of a sudden he's, he's lost two in a row. He's not on the title picture whatsoever. And it just, you know, ne- and you never know when you're going to have that that fall off moment as well. I mean, how many guys have we seen be at the top of the mountain and literally like one loss and they never look the same again. So uh, that's that's the thing for me. It's just like you have these guys right now that are in the prime of their career and are ready to fight in championship fights. Um, I just, you know, I don't like those guys having to potentially wait another six months or a year or two fights away. You know, once again, like, Oliveira should be next or at least one fight away. But, you know, like, to, to think that he might be two or three fights away from a championship is crazy.
1: And, and, Exactly. So and then you got to think like these aren't guys who are on the rise, who have like a lot of time left. And uh, these are guys who are not, if they're not in their absolute primes, they're yeah. in there. They're they're at the tail end. Michael Chandler, he's been an embellator so long. Like I feel like he should have came to the O.C. years ago. Yeah. But now he, he's here. He's made it. And now he's on the customer title shot. He knows like he he needs to get this title shot immediately. Right. Or like within the next year. He's you know, he's he thirty four. He's thirty four. Yeah. He he always says, I'm here for a good time, I'm not here for a long time. Right. You know? He says that all the time. And then Charles Oliveira, he's been in the
0: UFC as long as I've been watching it. And he's thirty one, but it feels like I mean he's a he's yeah, you're right. He's been in the UFC as long as I've been watching it, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and so he's had so many fights under his belt. He's gone from featherweight to lightweight. I mean, how much more, you know, how much more does he have in the tank? And then you got a guy like Justin Gaethje, who comes from uh, who come from, come from WSOF, who was a champion there. And he's had so many wars just in the UFC alone, you know. And he, he did lose to Khabib, but, I mean, with all the wars that he's had piled up, I mean, how many more does he have, you know, until he has that follow-up, so... You're right, man uh all these guys they're trying to capitalize on this now, but then you have Connor, I mean, he's taking all these years off, and he just comes back and just you know you can lose, and then I can come back and just get another title shot like it, man, ah. <laughs> yeah, crazy
0: I mean, man, crazy.
1: Don't have the words, man. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll,
0: uh, we'll we'll be watching it together. I'm sure if, if it happens again. So absolutely Blew it uh, if I'm the TV, standing <laughs> up. <laughs> By the way, you uh you you sent me a tweet. Uh, Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson going back and forth. That fight makes all the sense in the world, right? Like all Nate the, hasn't fought yeah. in a long time. Tony's lost two in a row. The way to do this, I think, is you go to 170 that way tony's not if tony does lose it's not a 155 loss but like regardless of what happens as long as it's not a domination it's a good fight i think you win on both sides of it right
1: absolutely and the fight would be would be so fun i yeah. mean either way class 155 or 170 they're both really active they both uh, have good submissions um, nate probably has the upper hand as far as boxing but you know tony's such an unorthodox striker and he's just uh, dirty yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's so unorthodox, and it's volume. Both guys are are volume guys; they're not really uh, power guys. So I feel like their styles mesh well, and uh, it would be a really, really exciting fight. I think we'd be in for a war. Yeah. And like you said, I think this is the right time. I mean, Nate Diaz is coming off of that Masvidal fight. He's not really have. He doesn't really have a direction right now. That's why I say you uh, put him in there with Connor. But if Connor's getting a title shot, uh, you look for. Um, a matchup where he can maximize his uh, star power, yeah. in and out of the cage, and I think a fight with Tony Ferguson would definitely do that.
0: Yeah, I, I both I think again regard as long as one guy doesn't completely dominate the other, I think both guys come out of that fight, you know, with uh, with a lot of appeal going forward. So, yeah, it, it did, makes all the did, sense, and especially if you have Tony going up a weight class. You know, like, it's that's that's the easiest thing in the world to to sell, you know, an L, right? You went up to 170, exactly. you fought a great fight, but you didn't get it done. Like, that's that's not one of those things that's going to prevent any opportunities from him, you know, going forward. So that's why I think it's just a no-brainer.
1: It, and it, it would kind of be a similar situation to Masvidal and Diaz. Because Masvidal beats Diaz, but we're still talking about Diaz as if he's a master superstar. Right. And I think either way, win or lose with both of these guys, we would still talk, be talking about them as, you know, they're a dangerous fight. Yeah you know, they, they would sell. So I think, you know, it's a win-win. I think it's, that would definitely be a fun fight.
0: Yeah. Uh, if, if for, for any fighter out there that just wants to make a name for themselves, somehow figure out a way to have all the biggest stars in the sport just constantly call you out. And I mean, you're <laughs> set, right? Like hey Diaz hasn't a fun forever, but like everybody's talking about him all the time and he just, he remains one that like, he's still a massive draw and a massive star because you know he's constantly on the tip of someone's tongue.
1: Because everyone knows a win over Nate Diaz puts you that catapults your star. Yeah, right? you can beat Charles Oliveira and you can win eight in a row, but if you beat Nate Diaz, who's a superstar and everything, that could just catapult you in the eyes of the fans, the eyes of the UFC, that much more. Because yeah. I mean, imagine if Nate Diaz was on Charles Oliveira's resume instead of uh, Kevin Lee or some right. of those guys who's been fighting. If Nate Diaz was on his resume, we probably wouldn't be, be talking about um, Dustin and Conor. We'd probably be talking about Dustin and Charles easily. Yeah. So I think that's why you see so many people like Dan Hooker was talking about him. Uh, Michael Chandler was talking about him. Dustin Poirier, even though he just beat Connor, he's talking about Nate Diaz. Yeah. Like that, he,
0: and he even said
1: that fight doesn't make any much sense, but, you know, the, the fan in me and everything wants to see it. So. Well, they were
0: supposed to fight, what, was it 2019
1: yeah, yeah, it was 2019 yeah. and they were going they were going to be a main event without a title. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Dustin knew Dustin could tell like if he if he won that fight, he probably would have got a title shot way before he did. I think he just understands the star quality of an Diaz.
0: I thought that was after the uh was that not after the Habib fight for for Dustin?
1: No, that that was before. Was it before? That was, okay. Yeah, that was I I want to say it was MSG but I forget the year.
0: Yeah, I can't remember either. Sometimes the timelines get get uh You it was uh UFC two th- 230 they were supposed to fight. Okay. 230. Okay. So yeah, that was that was way before Poirier uh Habib. Oh, that one was like right. what 242-ish somewhere in there maybe. Yeah, 2 242. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we've uh we've solved the the 155 puzzle for uh, you know, Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard in case they uh in case they need any, any clarity on how to proceed through this thing. I think we've we've uh put the puzzle pieces together. So, there you go. Either way, the, I mean, again, the, the good thing is for as much as we may like some of the directions that they can go with this and we may not like some of the directions they can go with this. Once again, in that division, there's not I mean, there is, but there isn't a, a right way to go a, a, about it. Because no matter what you do, you're going to have, I mean, star power going against star power in, in almost every scenario. So
1: Exciting fights down the yeah. board. And no matter where you go, I mean, um, no matter where you go, each fight is going to be like, ooh, I really like that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh, you know, because, I mean, just like Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler, I feel like they're on a collision course to fight each other. The more I think about that fight, I'm just like,
0: wow, oh, I, like yes, that. I love that, that fight. one.
1: That one's gonna be a train wreck. Like that yeah. thing is gonna be bloodbath, war, everything. Pay per
0: view want. main event without a belt on the line. That's how good that is.
1: Exactly, everything that you want in in a in a fight you're gonna see with uh, Gaethje and Chandler. Just yep. bloodbath, just everything. And then just down the line, you have so many fun fights. So just like you said, I mean, there's not really a wrong way to go about it, but I think there are probably better ways that you could go about it, but you know, there's not really a wrong way. So I think that's what, the way they're looking at it.
0: All right, you ready to uh, make our picks for Saturday night's card? I am ready. All right, I uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, I said that the last time as well. It didn't go uh, very good for me, especially in that five pointer. And we've already we've already broken this down, so we don't have to get back into it. But just a recap: uh, you nailed. You had Poirier with your five pointer. On the last card, I had Poirier with my three-pointer, so that got you a massive edge, and I lost my five-pointer as well. So um, you have a, a pretty commanding lead right now, 17-7 to seven in the standings. Will Brewer is the current leader. So we have Overeem Volkov on Saturday night. And, again, for those that don't know, we're picking all five fights. By the way, you're aware of the, uh, the postponement, right, of the – who was in that one? Um the female fight got postponed. Oh, uh, was
1: it? I'm, was I'm, it uh, the Marion Renewed? Yes,
0: yes, yes. Yeah, that one okay. got postponed, so that one's not on the oh. card. So it went from a six fight main card to a five fight main card.
1: Ooh, okay. Well, um, I think I was trying to cut that one out anyway, so. Oh, okay. So there is. you go. There you
0: go. <laughs> All right. Very nice. So, uh, I'll let you start, man. Uh, you can you can take one uh, prelim fight in place of a one-pointer, if you want to do that. But uh, it's all you to start this thing.
1: All right, for my one-pointer... Um, oh, okay, so if I were to bring a, a prelim up, it would have to be the one-pointer, correct? Yes. Okay, so with my... Uh, you can
0: substitute one prelim fight for one fight on the main card, but that one has to be in the one-point slot. Has to be
1: the one-point yeah. slot, okay. All right, I'm bringing up... Um, I'm bringing up one uh, prelim fight. Okay. It's going to be uh, Clay Guida and Michael
0: Johnson. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. I I, yeah. I like this. I feel like I like this fight so much that I can't just, you know, not yeah. have something to say on it, yeah. you know, uh, pick it um, a fight between two veterans of the sport uh, you know, Michael Johnson, he was one of the top guys. He he knocked out Dustin Poirier. Yeah, he, he's been on a skid lately, but there was a time when he was uh, one of the guys who was looking at uh, getting a title shot. He uh,
0: he gave Khabib some trouble, didn't he? I mean, it was yeah. He was he was the first guy that uh, yeah. made
1: Khabib stumble. Yeah, he 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 had Khabib uh, you know on wobbly legs a little bit, and Khabib knew he had to take him down. Uh, so he he knew that he couldn't stand with him much longer, so. Uh... Yeah, Michael Johnson's very skilled. He's just had some uh, some rough patches. He went down to 45, and you know the weight cut kind of affected him. But yeah. he's still a very dangerous guy. And then we all we know about Clay Guida, the Wild Man of the USC. So I, I also mean, a I guy that I feel like out. has been
0: around since I've been watching the sport.
1: Clay Guida has been around since way before I was. Even watching <laughs> right. before. Clay Guida has been around for a long time, and he's still going strong, and he's still. I, I know. Uh, I feel like
0: he was a veteran when I started watching. So exactly, there you go. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. He was a veteran when I first started. <laughs> I mean, he he was one of those guys who had uh, like one of the fights of the fight of the year uh, with uh, Diego Sanchez. Yeah. I think that fight was was put in the Hall of Fame. That fight happened way before I was watching the UFC. So, um, yeah, Clay Guida has been around for a long time, and he's had the same fighting style for the last, at least, 12 years. Uh, and he's still uh, a, a real um, threat at 155. Can't take him lightly. So, I do think that this fight will be fun. Um, I just like, uh, at this point in their careers, I like Michael Johnson. So, um, with my one pointer, I am taking Michael Johnson over Clay Guida.
0: Wait, did this move to the main card?
1: Oh, did it? Uh, last last I checked, it was uh, on the prelims.
0: So I I looked at the card earlier today, and it was the feature prelim fight, but I just refreshed UFC.com, and they have it on the main card now. Oh, so, so me, uh, is, is, it, is it still six fights then? Wait, that would make it six fights if, the, if that's the way they decide to go. So let's see. I'm uh, just uh, doing a quick... This is not good uh, content <laughs> for those that are listening or watching. As I'm trying to research real quick, what's going on here? But uh, uh, let's see. The, the
1: UFC is supposed to tell us, right, whenever they have a cancellation, and then when they're moving the fight into the main card, they gotta tell us these things.
0: Um. Psh, psh, psh. I'm not seeing anything as far as an announcement on it moving to the main card, but, but UFC.com has it listed on the main card now. And earlier today they had it listed as the, uh, the main fight on the prelim. All right. Well, you know what? It's listed on UFC.com. So I guess we're just going to make this a, uh, a, a six fight pick and we'll adjust accordingly if we need to. So, um, you can, by the way, it, you can substitute. You don't have to make this your one point pick. Uh, if you want to do that, you can keep it there, or you can substitute.
1: Okay, so I'm trying. Okay, uh, I don't have the card in front of me, so I'm trying to remember. So we have Overing Volkov. Overing Volkov. San-
0: the co-main is Corey Sandhagen, Frankie Edgar, and then it's Michael Johnson, Clay Guida, uh, Alexand- Alexandre, Alexander. Uh, is it Pantoja?
1: That sounds right. Uh,
0: like flyweight. Yeah, flyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, Manel Cap, Cody Stamen, Asker, Asker,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: in the featherweight, and Diego Fajeda, or Ferreira, however you say it. <laughs> I don't know if it's like... I. Sometimes it sounds like they. it's like an H sound when they say Fajeda, and then sometimes it sounds like they're kind of like rolling the R's.
1: I just... Uh, I, I just say Fajeda. fajeda, Okay. Fajada.
0: And then uh, uh, Darius, yeah. Benny okay. Darius. So, there you go.
1: Okay, so so we're doing six points then. Six points, yep. All right, so for my one-pointer, um, I'll just go ahead and stick with uh, okay. Michael Johnson and uh, Clay Guida and uh, stick with Michael Johnson.
0: All right, I'm going to do the same. Um, I, I I started smiling when you said you were going to do that fight because... I considered doing that fight as well. Uh, but I, I had decided against it just because like at this stage of their careers, I just didn't really feel like I wanted to bet on, on what to expect from either guy. Uh, so right. I, I, ended up deciding not to go that route, but I, I do think Michael Johnson is, uh, the more skilled guy. So he's still, I, I mean, a, a dangerous striker. Um, and to me, that's just, you know, uh, I, I, am yeah. Michael Johnson for my one pointer. <coughs>
1: <laughs> and I yeah at, at this point in their careers you just think like even though Michael Johnson's had some uh some mishaps here and there you think that he can probably take these shots that yeah. they're both going to be landing on each other a little bit more and he'll probably be the more at, uh, the more active fighter uh he'll probably mix in some takedowns uh but then you know Clay Guida you know he he's going to be there he's going to be tough but uh, you know at this point you know you wonder how much he has left in the tank right and over um you know, a three round fight, you know, you just think Michael Johnson is going to be able to kind of just have his way with them. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of predicting a uh, decision 29, 28 for uh, Michael Johnson.
0: Yeah. Agreed. All right. So my number two pointer, I will go Manel cap <laughs> over Pantoja in the Ooh. flyweight bout.
1: That one's, that one's interesting. I, that's interesting. Okay. So you're going to go give me your po- two
0: and then three-pointers.
1: Okay, my two-pointer. Uh, since I'm not exactly confident uh, either way on this one, I'm going to go ahead and uh, do uh, fajeda Dariush. Okay. Um, for my two-pointer. And, uh, you know... Fajeda, you know he's really good on the ground, but and we know that Darius is really good um, on the feet. And what what's gonna be the X factor? Um, can Darius get him out of there early before Fajeda gets a hold of him? So um, since I'm not confident in uh, in either way, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm just gonna say um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Darius. All right, uh, for my two pointer. And then uh, for my three, I'm going to take Pantoje. Okay. Pantoja. Okay. I'm going to take him in that flyweight fight for my three-pointer. All
0: right. So so he is the number five rated flyweight. Um, I think he has a win over Brandon Moreno back in the day. And who did he lose to in his last fight? Um, I'm trying to remember who he lost to in his last fight. It was it was another top five guy. Um, it might have
1: but- been... Uh- might have been I might be wrong, but it may have been uh, Roy Vall. I
0: don't think it was Roy Vol. It might have been Askarov, maybe. Oh yeah, I th- I think it was Askarov. Um And then you have you have Cap making his UFC debut and getting the number five guy like out of the gate. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm a little I
1: am yeah. a little more confident yeah. in while while you know, you have to realize like they wouldn't be throwing him to the number five guy if he wasn't really good. Right. But, you know, I just think, you know, it's the USC debut. USC debut you know, yeah. yeah. So you you don't really know much about him. So you kind of go, kind of go with what you know. Right. But, you know, and then again, I'm not as confident as I would like to be. No, I hear you. You I saw you. what, you saw what would happen with that, what happened. I thought Dan Hooker was going to be Michael Chandler and Michael Chandler got him out of there. Yep. So, you know,
0: we're just going to see. <laughs> All right, so I will go uh, – so for my – now I've got to make two, so I'm going to go with the three and fours, obviously. Um, I'm going to go the same as your um, Dariush Fajeda pick, and I'm I'm picking Dariush. I, you know, he's uh, – he fought twice last year. Both were really impressive KOs. Uh, I, I just think he's such a skilled striker that that's the difference. Um, and, you know, Fajeda's a dangerous guy, obviously, but I just – To me, this is just more about how how much I like uh, Darius as a striker uh, than anything negative against Fajeda. So I'll go Darius with my three-pointer. And then my four-pointer is going to be the main event of Saturday night. Obviously, uh, you know, we've got to pick that in our our top three slots, somewhere in the top three slots. And this is another one, man, that I've just gone back and forth on, and especially at the heavyweight, like – Obviously, either one of these guys could potentially win this fight with one shot. Like, that's, that's what's so dangerous, I feel like, about picking heavyweights, is you know that, that both of them are one swing away from, from ending the fight. Um, I'm I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm just going to say that, that Overeem finds a way to get it done. I, uh, I, Volkov is so good, and I feel like Volkov, if it goes to a decision, Volkov will outpoint him. Um, you know, especially when you look at Overeem's last few fights, I feel like he just kind of waits for the, the opportunity to pre- present itself to land the big shot. Um, and I'm going to say that throughout the fight, Volkov probably is the more active fighter, probably is leading the way, but there's going to be something big landed from Overeem to finish the fight. So I'm going to go Overeem in my four-point slot.
1: That's very that's very interesting. Um, and but that is a very tough fight to judge. Yeah, uh, very tough. Um, so we have um, my as far as the ones I have left. I have the main event, the co-main, and then I have one more out that I'm missing. That would um, be.
0: Um, let me pull it up here. I had it up one sec. Once again, great, great radio right now, or. <laughs> Content. It's not radio.
1: We're not used to the six fighters, guys. We're not used to the six fight. <laughs> uh
0: what was the other one? Um oh yeah, Cody Stamen, Asker Asker right. or Asgar, however you say it. AK forty seven. We'll just call him AK forty seven. Yeah.
1: I couldn't remember who he was uh who Cody Stamen was fighting, but yeah, for my four pointer, uh, I'm going Cody Stamen okay. over uh, Asker AK forty seven.
0: There you
1: go. Uh, um, I think uh, Cody Stamen at this point in his career, he's one of those guys who's coming up um, he's really good. He he. I think he had a fight. He lost his last fight because he went up. He took a fight on like um, three days' notice. Yeah. He was capitalizing on getting out there with the COVID and everything. Um, but I think in 135, he's on a he's on a pretty good winning streak. So um, I like where he's headed. Um, and so I'm gonna pick Cody Stammen with my four pointer. So for my five pointer, I think I've I've uh, become accustomed to kind of putting the co-main in the main as okay. my top two. Um, with what happened with Dustin Poirier the five getting the five points with him I'm kind of like ah I just you know might as yeah, well Yeah, roll with it. So anyway so for for the five pointer um I'm going uh with the main event uh Overeem Volkov see I was on the fence with this yeah. one uh it's such a close fight to judge because on the feet I feel like they're both such sophisticated strikers um but Overeem has that um ground game he has uh more to him where volkov kind of just has that striking base and you don't really know um what what else he has after that but I, i'm gonna say this i was on the fence until you made your pick okay and see and, and, and in my head I'm i'm thinking of more reasons why i like volkov so when i've seen volkov fight um uh, Fabrício over Doom and Walt Harris and uh, Stefan Struve,
0: Derek Lewis, guys that
1: Derek Lewis, guys that want to, guys that stay standing with him for uh, long periods of time, they don't really, you know, it doesn't really work out for the, for uh, his opponent. So I'm kind of thinking that Overeem going to test the waters um, standing up before uh, trying to take him down. So. I feel like Volkov's going to be able to get him out of there. I'm, I've never been too um, impressed, I'll say, with uh, Overeem's chin. So I'm going to pick Volkov with my five pointer.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, I, again, I think uh, he'll be the more active guy. And I think, you know, he's, he just, he can pick you apart. Um, I'm just, I'm betting on Overeem to land the one shot that ends the fight in this one. So uh, everything and you Overeem's said. Got- Everything you said makes Overeem all the, the sense in the grand. world to me. So,
1: Yeah, Overeem's got the experience. Yeah. And we've seen Volkov struggle with guys who grapple him. So maybe Overeem will um, close the distance, make it a grappling right. match, and tire him out.
0: Yeah. All right. So but my I'm five. Not. What's that? I said, but I'm hopeful not for my five <laughs> points. <laughs> uh, I, I need one of these big point differences that w- when we go opposite sides, I need one of these to land for me to. to... Start closing this gap. All right, my five-pointer is going to be one that you already picked as well. Uh, I'm going Cody Stamen also. His last fight was uh, against Jimmy Rivera. Um, that's I, right. I thought Jimmy Rivera looked pretty good in that fight too. Uh, so I just I, I think you're getting a Cody Stamen that's uh, very motivated uh, to get back on the winning side of things. So I'll go Cody Stamen. And then, I mean, if this fight were worth 30 points, I would give it 30 points. But uh, Corey Sanhagen over Frankie Edgar in the main event for me. I, I like Frankie Edgar a lot. I, I told you last week, I didn't even think he beat Pedro Munoz. I thought it was a great fight. I thought it was close, but I thought Pedro Munoz won that fight. I think Sanhagen's in a in a different class. And again, you know, like I, I talked about earlier with the uh, Darius Fajeda fight, nothing necessarily negative against Frankie Edgar. I just think this much of Corey Sanhagen that I've got Sanhagen winning it.
1: You know, this was one of those that I was kind of on the fence on to really um, n- not not as far as who I'm picking, but kind of like where I wanted to place it. OK, but the more I thought, but the more I thought about it, I was just like, man. You know, Frankie's been around a long time and it just seems like whenever wherever he goes, he gets to that upper shot of the division. But there's always those guys who just who are just I'm not going to say it better, but who, who can be more active, who can land more shots. And just to think, like Frankie Edgar, when I first started watching, he was the lightweight champion. Yeah, like he, like the division, the divisions only went to lightweight. So Frankie Edgar was so good that he was the lightweight champion. He beat BJ Penn twice. And then as the sport evolved, these lightweights are getting bigger. These featherweights are getting bigger. These bantamweights now they're getting bigger. And Frankie's like, okay, I just gotta keep dropping down because. You know, at first I'm kind of getting away with it, not having to cut any weight, but, you know, now these guys are getting so big, I might as well cut down. And now these featherweights, like Max and like Zabit, these guys are massive. Yeah. Now he's like, I got to drop down again. So as much as I like Frankie Edgar, I just think at this point in his career, um, he's seen he's seen a lot, but I think, uh, like you he said, he, he almost lost to Pedro Munoz. Munoz was stalking him. He was uh, moving around and everything. Um that fight could have went either way, but Corey Sanhagen, I mean, I can't say enough about him. Um, He had that slip up with, with Aljo and people might've forgot like how good the guy is, but he definitely reminded you with his win over uh, Marlon Marais. And for a guy to do that to Marlon Marais, a guy as dangerous as him. uh, You gotta, you gotta, you know, realize like Corey Sanhagen, he could be a future champion. And uh, for me, um, as much as I really want to go against you and pick Frankie Edgar just, it. because, just because it's... Man. <laughs> it, you know, it, it's, it's just funner that way for the game. It's just funner yep. when, when we're on the opposite sides. But then again, you're just like, Corey Sanhagen's so yeah. good. Uh, do you go with your heart, or do you go with your ego, or <laughs> yeah. what do you do? Um, okay, for, so for my six-pointer... I will be going with. Uh, fuck it, I'm gonna go with Frank. Oh <laughs> yes,
0: forget it. I'm going with Frank. I Yeager. love it. Yes. So oh, I'm either gonna man. close the distance on this one, or you're gonna take a massive lead in our uh, in our uh, contest.
1: I think you're gonna close the distance, man. <laughs> I just <laughs> look. look I, I think that. So
0: good. For me, this one was, like, I, I told you I would put 30 points on this one if I could. Uh, I, I just think when I watched Frankie Edgar and Pedro Munoz, like, Pedro Munoz doesn't defend himself at all, right? Like, he just, he, he, he thinks he's just going to completely outstrike you and, and beat you that way, and I think that Pedro Munoz thought that that's what was happening in that fight as well. I thought he was landing the more devastating shots against Frankie Edgar. While Frankie might have um, landed the the... Bigger number of shots. I thought the, yeah, the I thought by far the the bigger shots were from from Pedro Munoz. I don't think Corey Sanhagen is going to allow himself to get hit as many times and allow Edgar to score as much as as Pedro did.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. um, as even though I picked Frankie Edgar, I, I do feel like um, in this fight uh, it's going to be a completely different fight than what he saw with Pedro Munoz. Corey Sandhagen he's so, he's taller. Um, he's going to be the guy. He's not going to be in his face, per se, but he's going to be making Frankie think. He's going right. to be having him on his toes. And uh, Frankie's going to have to close the distance. He's going to have to get inside, probably get him down um, to be able to, you know, squeeze out a win. I don't think that Frankie was going to be able to knock him out. But um, I think if he can push it three rounds and uh, win out, a, squeeze out a decision, I think that's probably going to be his best bet. But, you know, yeah. it's the fight game. You never know.
0: And the winner of this, obviously, is getting... A- the next title shot, or you would think.
1: Absolutely. I mean, um, unless you know, they, they feel like TJ should get it after coming off a of two year suspension, but I mean, do you really give it to him since he's been away so long? Right. But I mean, with the way that the division is going, these, both of these guys have worked. uh, San Hagen, uh he was going to get a title shot if he would to beat Sterlings, and now he beat uh, Marlon Morales, who was ranked number one at the time. If he beats Frankie Edgar, it's going to be hard to deny him a shot. Yeah. And same with uh, with Frankie. If he beats uh, two of the top five guys, it's going to be hard to deny him a shot either. Yeah.
0: Well, Frankie's a former champ. He's he's a name, That's so it. it's it it sells. I mean, if Frankie Edgar's involved in a title fight, I think it's going to sell. And he drops down and beats Pedro Munoz and Corey Sanhagen immediately two and zero in that division against top five guys. Like I, I I don't even know how you would make a case against that. So. Uh, and, and again, the you know, he's another guy where you talk about the the clock ticking. It's not like he's got, you know, two or three years to have this opportunity. He will have, have I think, given himself a shot, and you're not going to make a guy like that wait. You know, so, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Can I
1: change, can I change my six-pointer? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a, you can. I mean, hey, if you
0: want to go with Sanhagen, yeah. you can.
1: Man, I'm going Frankie. I said it. I'm not going to go all right. back on it. All right.
0: Frankie. All right. I'm I'm. I'm excited <laughs> that when we have the standings next time, I'm going to be a little bit closer.
1: A little bit you know, closer. It's all, it's all good. I jumped, <laughs> I jumped out to that big lead, and now I'm taking risks. Like I said. There I'm you a go.
0: A I'm taking more risks. But look, if, if Volkov wins, that, that certainly cushions uh, the six-point loss because I would be losing out on four points because I've got Overeem in the four-point slot, and you're getting five back immediately with Volkov there so yeah it's it's uh you're in a pretty decent position if Volkov wins either way
1: yeah there's definitely a better chance of Volkov beating Overeem than
0: uh Edgar beating Sanhagen but
1: you know what who's the favorite in that I don't
0: even know who the favorite is I know it's uh not like a drastic
1: with uh Overeem and Volkov or Sanhagen
0: Overeem and Volkov
1: man I, I would think that uh Volkov would be like a Slight favorite, maybe. I, I, don't I forgot to even that, that pull up the
0: odds because cool. we get bonus points for picking anybody that is pl- plus 200, plus
1: 200 oh, yeah. or more. So I, I think I'm going to have to get a bonus point when Frank Yeager wins I'm sure he's plus 200.
0: <laughs> um, and of course, uh, UFC.com doesn't have the odds up. Um, I think so. I can pull up like Odd Shark or Bravada. You have a preference?
1: Uh, nah, no preference. Either one.
0: All right, let's see. UFC fight night odds. This uh, People are going to love listening to me Google things. <laughs> That's all right. Get used to it, people. This is what happens sometimes. If it will load. Come on! All right, I may just have to yep. edit this part out. Because <laughs> it's taking longer <laughs> than I thought it would take.
1: Google messing with you. now. Come on, Google.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so we have. Uh oh, man, Overeem is plus one sixty. So and Volkov is minus two hundred. So no bonus point there. So you do have the betting favorite though with Volkov. Okay, yeah, Frankie Edgar is plus three twenty five. So you that's a that would be a bonus point for you. Uh, let's see. Did we take okay. any others that are? We both had Stamen. Stamen is minus five hundred, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be that would be a massive upset. Um, Darius is minus one ten, and Fajita is minus one twenty. So.
1: Oh, it's a pickle. Yeah. Uh,
0: we both went Michael Johnson. Let's see. Clay Weed is plus one seventy five. So that's as close as there is to. Anybody getting there? So okay, there you go. Frankie Edgar's the only bonus point in these picks.
1: Oh man, if if Frankie Edgar wins, I mean, I I remember um, when after Amanda Hebos lost, you were mad
0: the rest of that night. Oh, it was so and bad. You
1: were, you were so bad that you were cussing out the ESPN reporters on the post fight press Did you watch that? <laughs> it
0: was... I was justified. <laughs> I'm still upset about that. Uh who's the ESPN guy they had that kept calling um calling Poirier, Dan Poirier. Damn he Poirier. said Dan Poirier like 5 times and I'm like, dude, this is a massive oh. pay-per-view. It's a massive event and somehow ESPN has like shimmied their way into getting the the post-fight duties and they've got this guy who clearly doesn't follow the UFC doing the post-fight show and he keeps calling him Dan Poirier and I'm like, Look, I'm not great with all the names in the UFC either, like admittedly. But I, I certainly but, know the guys that are in the main event, for crying out loud. Yeah, and not only that, not only was
1: he bad, but then they had like uh, a missed time with uh, Chill and Michael Bisping's microphone. So like, they kept on saying, I'm, I'm, but you go ahead, you go ahead, you get <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, the whole time they're trying to break down the fight and they're trying not to step right. on each other's toes. And, yeah, that one was bad. It was so, so bad. Maybe we should do a post-fight show. And, you know, because we know all these guys. We might not know the hard names, but, you know, right. we'll know Dustin Poirier. Yeah, we're not going to call him Dan
0: Poirier five times in the post-fight show.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And, he was, and I think our so internet mad.
0: connection, is most of the time, is better than what they were working with that night.
1: Absolutely. For sure. And you were just so mad about that, Amanda was Like, it just added on to it. So... I loved it. It was yeah. hilarious. I was really
0: triggered <laughs> about that post-fight show. And look, I I think they do a great job when they just have whether it's John Anik or um, you know whoever else just do the fight do the post-fight show from the arena with two fighters and just do it that way. I mean, that's that's when I think it's it's the best anyway because all of those people were in the building and they just got to really experience it in a way that nobody else can. I think. Uh, convey in a post-fight show. So yeah, I just, I, I, hated the setup overall.
1: Right. Uh, John Anik is the best there is like anything that he touches is gold. No and doubt. then, uh, normally they'll have like another fighter, um, like Michael Chiesa was doing yeah. it. Um, we've seen like DC do it. Uh, um, uh, we saw, uh, Kamaru, Kamaru, Usman do it. So like, and then, and then they're, they're in the arena. So you want to see yeah. Guys like that do it instead of someone who doesn't, you know, know anything. Just because they're on an ESPN platform, that's probably, yeah. probably why they did it. They probably wanted to maximize, you know, them yeah. being on ESPN and everything, but I mean, gosh,
0: that, that so was bad. Just that was just all time bad. Dan Poirier. <laughs> By the way, the uh, the internet gods right now are getting us because your picture disappeared like three times just now, right after we uh, criticized the the ESPN situation for how off yeah, some, they were. Some,
1: Someone just decided they wanted to yeah. call me because they knew that I right. was talking noise. About right. The...
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so bad. Anyway. Yeah. Fix that UFC. Don't, uh, Michael Eaves. That's who it was. And look, I think Michael Eaves does a really good job on ESPN. I just, you know, it... UFC is clearly just not his thing. And that would be like throwing me into, uh, I don't know, like the premier league and having <laughs> me do like a, you know, like, Manchester United, Chelsea post game show. Like I, I don't know anything right. about any of those people. I don't like. I could read the names off a sheet, but I don't know who's good, who's not. Like, that's just kind of what I felt it was. And yeah, come you on. You can
1: tell he 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 definitely tried. You know, he uh, probably yeah. did a lot of research, and but you know, only you know, I don't know how how long he probably researched it, but a few days or weeks of research isn't gonna. You know, do much for you when you know you got people who've been watching it for years, right? Uh, and then you got Chell and you know Michael, and their internet connection was bad. you know, it's, you, you know, you could just tell that he works hard. But you know, you want to see someone, especially with a fight of that magnitude, you want to see someone like a John Anik and uh, you know some guys who re- actually know a lot about. Brendan Fitzgerald. Brendan Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, he's outstanding. All those guys. Right. Um, uh, Dan Hardy. You know, yeah. all those guys. All those guys are
0: great. So anyway, uh, all right, man, this is going to be fun. I'm glad that we, we have, uh, some differing picks. Obviously Sanhagen Edgar, we're on the opposite sides of, we're on the opposite sides of Overeem Volkov We're on the opposite sides of, uh, Pantoja cap. Uh, and it looks like we are, uh, on the same side on the other three. So yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good, and look, we're just getting, we're getting the UFC back, uh, this weekend. So it's going to be a good Saturday.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a good Saturday, uh, but I have a feeling that it's going not gonna be as good as the night's ending. And you're texting me, uh, basically throwing it in my face that Corey Sandhagen got the six pointer. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you're gonna be telling me about the about the point total. I mean, I'll, I'll, let me say this: <laughs> you you haven't said much about the point total for this whole month of January. But I feel like I'm gonna be getting a lot of point totals. At the after the end of this night, no, you
0: won't, you won't, because I won't be winning. I mean, that won't happen until I have the lead, and then, then you're going to hear about it constantly. But yeah, yeah, I, I, hopefully, I'm making a dent toward that. We'll see, man. Yeah. It'll be. Fun. I'm giving you your credit though. You have a commanding seventeen to seven lead right now. So, yeah, that and that and we were both just ashamed of the very first card of the year when we uh, we were both terrible. So. Yeah, the, just growing pains. Growing pains. You know, yeah, we, we got we, yeah. we got better. We were we, ring rust. You know, we had we, we got, had ring, that yeah, like month rust. off between the the last card of twenty twenty. So yeah, ring rust.
1: Absolute ring rust. Yeah. We're, we're we're much better now. At yeah. least at least I am.
0: There we go. There. Well, that's that's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, my friend. I will talk to you Saturday. All right, brother. Have a good one. Will Brewer joining me on the Colby Daniels podcast. That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you're unfamiliar with any of these products or their benefits, give Artisan Botanicals a call, 405-458-9699. It's all about educating yourself on how these things can potentially benefit you. And their mission is to help you live a better life. So if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask and and let them help uh, figure out what would work best for you. Also, we're saving you 15% off your online order right now with the discount code COLBYSHOW, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W. Discount code COLBYSHOW when you order online at abotanicalcompany.com. So again, go online, abotanicalcompany.com, place your order, use the discount code COLBYSHOW for 15% off your online order. Again, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody have a great day. We will have a Super Bowl special show tomorrow, and I will talk to you then.
1: Podcast is over.